1: Hello, Strictly Hoop Talk fans, and welcome back to another edition of Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty. Sorry for the uh, couple-week hiatus there, but uh, I'm coming back with longtime fan-favorite guest, Noah Lachman. Noah, how you doing?
2: I'm doing really well, Chris. I'm excited to talk some hoops.
1: Yeah, man, uh, really, really excited. Um, you know, some things came up with school and everything, so some podcasts got pushed, haven't been able to drop what I've wanted to recently. But the semester is almost over. The push is about three weeks, uh, three weeks out. So, so just gotta, just gotta stay on that grind. But for now, the playoffs are starting next weekend. So, um, uh, we're gonna break down some things first. Let's start with, uh, perhaps, perhaps one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, the Golden State Warriors, uh, getting even better as their marquee free agent Kevin Durant set to return. Noah, if you had to, uh, assess, assess how. Is this how the Warriors did without Kevin Durant?
2: <laughs> They've done an absolutely incredible job without Kevin Durant. Uh, I think everyone remembers when he first went down. They lost a couple games, maybe like two. Might have been three. But I think it was every, three of four. Yeah, everyone started panicking, and it was just ridiculous. People were starting to say that they weren't going to be the number one seed anymore they might not win the west and then out of nowhere we get mvp steph curry back this defense has been absolutely terrific they've won now i believe 13 straight games so i mean they're doing about as well as anyone could have asked for and probably much much better than anyone would have predicted even warriors fans
1: yeah i mean i mean look they still got uh they still got they still got quite a few games left so um they got they got what three yeah three games left so um they can finish with 67 68, 68 wins damn near 70 well uh, when losing your key player for for a month um that's yeah I mean yeah like you said they had that slow start and to be honest a couple weeks ago I, I had a friend with uh, I had to talk with my friend Kalo who those of you who listen to hip-hop podcast know very well. And I was talking, and I was just I was talking with them, and I was just like, man, I don't know who to choose right now because every contender looks to have some serious flaws. The Warriors, that was like you know a week after the after they lost those two or three, three or four. However, they started out the gate with uh, losing Kevin Durant, and then you know the Spurs just. They have their issues as far as, as far as their front line and their backcourt rotation. I mean, pretty much anything outside of Kawhi worries me in the playoffs. Houston, we're not sure that formula can win. Uh, and then you got, you know, the the Clippers are the Clippers. Can you really pick them to win? They're always a mess. Plus, they've been kind of unhealthy all year. Uh, Utah's too young. Then you go to then you go to Cleveland, who's just looking gassed, who's the 29th ranked defense in the NBA for the last month now so for a good portion um Toronto again with Kyle Lowry not healthy I was really really starting to um I was really starting to doubt and just struggle with my with my pick for for who to who to pick to win it all this year but um back to the, back to the Warriors uh yeah they they did fine They've rebounded fine and they've actually closed the gap in my mind now. Noah, we could talk about this a little bit, um, not too far in depth, but uh has has this Golden State uh has this Golden State win streak, has that changed your mind? Because I know you and I were on the same page all year, which was Cleveland, but I'll be honest, I'm still with Cleveland right now, holding out hope that they're just kind of extra, extra coasting to the level that we've never seen before. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it could be that Cleveland's gas. Noah, how are you feeling about all this, and have you waned on your pick?
2: The, well, when Kevin Durant went down initially, I still thought the Warriors were good enough to win the Western Conference. Uh, assuming he was going to be back for the playoffs. Like, if, if, they, if he wasn't right. back for the playoffs, I thought it might have gotten interesting with San Antonio, maybe even Houston if they get hot from three. Heck, even Utah with that defense, but now I just don't see it happening in a seven game series. And I'm kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm in the same position I've been in uh, all year and even last year, where I think um, Golden State is a great team. They'll likely win the West, but I still don't think they should be the favorite to win the title. And I think we all have to remember this team has not, they've really only been battle tested. In the Western Conference playoffs, during this run or dynasty era, whatever you want to call it, this two-year uh, extravaganza, they've only been battle-tested in the Western Conference playoffs once, and they almost lost, and nobody saw that coming initially when they went down 3-1 to to the Oklahoma City Thunder last year, and they had a great comeback, and they ended up winning. But basically what I'm trying to get to is I, I think the playoffs are going to be awfully interesting with Golden State if they do have to play – Uh, the Spurs in a seven-game series, or even the Rockets. And I don't think they'll lose the series, but I think you'll likely see another one of those scary six or seven games push you to the limit type of playoff series because what the Warriors have been doing right now in this 13-game stretch, we saw this happen last year. We saw Steph Curry do this for two years now. We saw them blow out teams in the regular season but that style of play for whatever reason it's just not as formidable in the playoffs and i think some teams are going to you know w- win some games against them i don't think they'll win series but i think they're going to be battle tested and you'll have a lot of close maybe even two series with golden state that goes six or seven this uh, western conference playoffs
1: yeah um i'm with you um you know Golden State's very tricky and here's why. Here's why I'm still sticking with Cleveland and it's not stubbornness. Maybe maybe a little bit, but um at this point with Golden State, yes, this win streak has impressed me. Um I was never worried about Curry all year to begin with. Um you know, I just thought it's it's an adjustment period. You know, when when a when a team, when a super team forms, uh you know, it always takes adjustment. Look at Miami. Miami clearly, looking back, should have beat Dallas in 2011, Absolutely. but you know they 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 didn't, and so um, so super teams take some time. So that's that's kind of why uh, again I started the year earlier saying that if Golden State wins, it should it, or doesn't win, it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that catastrophic. Even though no one will listen to me, and if Golden State loses, all hell will break loose for <laughs> Kevin Durant. But um, but uh, again, these things take time to form. So that's another reason I'm not sure on Golden State. I just the the chemistry and the cohesiveness of the Cavs, I mean, despite the despite the little spat LeBron had with Tristan Thompson, whatever. Well, like we said before the podcast, all was healed by beating Boston. So that doesn't worry me. Um but with Golden State, I'll tell you what, man. And you no, know maybe this is just me being very very skeptical. Uh I'm a I I will say that I'm very precautious when it comes to injuries uh in the NBA and just like just like players' bodies in general. And I'll tell you what, I don't think we're gonna see I think we're gonna see a 75%, 80% Kevin Durant all playoffs. I know he's looking good by all reports, but I mean I compared a lot to what Curry went through last year. And the way they broke it down with Curry was Curry was Curry was hurt in the finals. I don't care what you say, he was hurt all playoffs. But the thing is with those kind of injuries with knee, ankles, any type of injuries like that is it's good one day but it's bad the next so you can never really trust it. So I'm actually very skeptical on Kevin Durant and I actually uh I actually stated as such I think on the podcast the day after Kevin Durant got injured or the day he did I um I said, you know, this is it like Cleveland's Cleveland's got it in the bag cuz I don't think the Warriors can beat the Cavs with 80% of Kevin Durant uh, with a little less depth and with Curry, who just notoriously struggles against the Cavs year after year, regular season and well, yeah. postseason. So um, I'm still sticking with Cavs, but, you know, it, it also wouldn't surprise me if, if what happened to Miami in 2000, what is that, 14 they got they got smacked by the Spurs? Which year was it, 13 or 14?
2: It was uh, 2014, LeBron's last year. 14, in yeah. In Miami. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, 2014, um, you know that scenario. But right now, you said you're still you're still rolling with the Cavs, right? Because I'm still I rolling with the know.
2: Cavs. I don't know. I just I really I don't know. I'm I'll tell you what I'm rolling with Cleveland through the East. I'm rolling with Golden State through the West. I think it would be absolutely <laughs> yeah. shocking at this point if that's not your Finals matchup. Like like totally shocking. And, it, and there was a moment in this season really early on yeah. where I where I thought. It wouldn't be that shocking if one of those teams doesn't make it. But now after I've watched this all develop, and I'm kind of getting back in playoff mode and remembering how these things work, you just say it out loud. This The, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the Warriors' biggest competition in the West is the Spurs, most likely, right? Everyone would probably agree on that. Do you really believe, even with, in your scenario, a 75-80% Kevin Durant, Like, do you really think the starting lineup of, I don't know, Tony Parker, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Dwayne Dedman. You think that's going to beat Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant in a seven-game series where Golden State is home court advantage. I just don't see it yeah. happening. I certainly see them losing games, but not the series. So I think we're going to see a Cavs-Warriors uh, Part 3, and I'm really excited for it because they're the two best teams with the best group of players on each team. And it's what the fans want. It's going to get the best ratings. But as far as finals prediction, like saying which team is going to win that series, I, I don't want to cop out right now, but I really just don't know. Uh, because there are parts of me that worry with Cleveland. I never yeah. like to pick a team that has a you know that quote-unquote on-off switch to win it all. Uh, because yeah. we've seen the Cavs turn it off this year, and we've seen them turn it on. Like we, They turned it on the other night against Boston, and they looked terrific. Uh, but keep in mind, the last memory that I have of an on-off switch team was, as you mentioned, the 2014 Miami Heat team that kind of struggled through the regular season, and everyone was like, will they get bounced in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Uh, will they even get to the finals? Kind of like the same chatter we've been hearing with Cleveland this year, and what happens yeah. was they turned the switch on for the Eastern Conference playoffs, and they get by that, but... They just, at that point, when they finally get to the finals, they were just so drained out uh, that the Spurs just ran all over them. So I'm worried uh, about that scenario, and I don't like to bet on a team with an on-off switch, and I also don't like to bet on a team, as you said, where their best player might not even be 100%, and their second best player has woefully underachieved against the opposing team, the Cavs, the past two years in the playoffs. So it's really a coin flip to me, and I don't know where to go.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's it's definitely it's definitely close. I'm still I'm still riding with Cleveland, like I said. Um, you know, just LeBron. And you know, Noah, where where were you at? I know we're kinda late on this because, you know, the talk's kind of simmered down now, but I mean, there are still people talking about Cleveland losing in the East. I'm like that I'm sorry, that's just nonsense. <laughs> unless LeBron unless LeBron, Kyrie andor Love get hurt. Like unless two of those three get hurt, I don't see Cleveland losing the East. Like, I I just I don't. No
2: chance, absolutely not. And I'm not even gonna try and elaborate on this. I said it with yeah. the Warriors. I mean, the, it, let me put it this way: If you thought, if you laid out the Spurs roster and compared it to the Warriors, and you were like, yeah, you're right, that is egregious to have that the Spurs win a seven-game series. You really think that Celtics roster is gonna compete with? healthy LeBron, Kyrie, and Love in the playoffs. I mean, get out of here. So that's all that really needs to be said. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked, like mo- like shocked if uh, Cleveland's not in the NBA Finals. Like, I couldn't think of anything else that would shock me more at this point.
1: Yeah. And so to close this, I will say one hot take. My my hot take, if you will, if they get there, I think the biggest threat to Golden State on paper is Houston. I'm sorry, but I think it is. I really think it is. I okay. think the variables are just uncontrollable. I think, like you said, San Antonio, they always seem to get by with, with such little athleticism, but I just don't like it in that matchup against Golden State. There's way too many matchups to exploit. Kawhi can't defend uh, both Curry and Durant at the same time, so one of those two, you know, and then plus you got Clay and Draymond. Uh, Houston, Houston Now, Houston matches up bad against San Antonio because you stick Kawhi on on James Harden, and then I, I'm really curious to see how Houston's offense handles that without if uh, if Harden's just kind of relegated by Kawhi all the time. Um, Utah's interesting, but Utah's just too young for me. I like what they have on paper. I think they have the blueprint to beating Golden State with the size and strength, but I just don't think their guys are that level of talent yet. Um, so... Yeah, I, I'm saying Houston's actually to close my hot take. I'm thinking Houston's actually the biggest threat to the Warriors. But I'm with you. I would be absolutely shocked if uh, Golden State gets out of or gets outed before the before the finals.
2: Yeah, and just really quickly, I'll give you a hot take on the other side of the bracket uh, in the East. And I I kind of I think I was texting you about this. In my eyes, it's it's the Raptors still as the biggest threat to the Cleveland yep. Cavaliers. Like everyone's loving 100%. Boston and. Washington but I mean come on Boston has not won a playoff series with this group yet so when I think they will win the playoff series this year they'll win a playoff series and then as it stands right now they'll have to play Toronto in the second round and Kyle Lowry's back he looked great against the Pistons doesn't look like there's going to be much regression there uh and that roster is experienced they were in the East Finals last year They have two All-Stars. The Serge Ibaka edition was nice. So I think the Raptors beat the Celtics. And, you know, if you put a gun to my head and say, you have to pick a team in the East that's going to beat Cleveland, oh, it's undoubtedly the Raptors based on what you were saying with the whole experience. That matters. And that's why I can't trust Boston, and that's why you can't trust Utah because how could you – I mean, you can't pick a team that hasn't won a playoff series – to then go on to the finals. I mean, this is this is like a 3 month extra NBA season, the NBA yeah. playoffs if you go through with it, and young teams tend to just choke.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a whole another world of pressure how one game, one quarter can switch everything. And so, I agree with you, Toronto is the biggest threat to Cleveland hands down. I'm actually, uh, another hot take, Uh, maybe, maybe. actually I'll save the hot take for uh, when we talk to overall playoffs in a little bit, but uh, let's take a break actually, Uh, somebody we mentioned, Harden, so Harden, Russ, LeBron, and Kawhi is now the four man race for the MVP, now Noah, Russ has been having a sensational last week, so um, tell me, has what Russ done this last week swayed your decision? Because you were originally Harden, weren't you?
2: I was originally Harden. Uh, but now if you were to ask me who I would vote for, I'd vote for LeBron James. And I told you this hmm. off the air, that's that's who I would vote for if I had to vote. But I, have n- I don't think there's a chance in hell that LeBron James actually wins this thing. Uh, so it's up to you if you want me to elaborate on who I think will win or who I want to win.
1: Well, I think I think you want LeBron to win so you can be right, but uh go ahead and go ahead and uh tell me uh who you think will win then. Give give us some insight.
2: Okay, yeah. I think I really think uh everything's shaping up for Russell Westbrook right now. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah. As you know, I've never I've admired Russell Westbrook. I I I think he's a fantastic player. I think he tries his hardest. He's so entertaining. He's got that like kobe element where he's just like a fun entertaining character but the fact of the matter is if you name him mvp i mean what are you saying you're saying that the mvp is on a 46 win team that virtually has no shot at winning a playoff series i mean you look at the history of this award and who's won this thing it's always a player that has a shot at going far in the playoffs it's look at you know steph curry he's on the best team when he won it Uh, LeBron, Kevin Durant, when he won, it was on a team that went awfully far. Uh, even the year Derrick Rose won it, they went to the Eastern conference finals and had like 60 something wins. Um, so you can make the argument, uh, if you want, if you're a Russell Westbrook supporter, uh, they always do it. Oh, his roster sucks. You know, uh, but that doesn't matter. Like you just look at the history of this award. It's been something like 35 plus years since they've given it to a player who's not won uh 50 or more games and to me if you're basing it off of history then you'd go hard in for sure because as you know uh he has yeah. 53 wins likely gonna end with like 55 56 as you said probably the second biggest threat to the warriors so they you know they have a real shot uh but for whatever reason it just seems like the media doesn't care about that anymore all you hear about is triple double triple double westbrook and and I I don't like it. I don't think he should win MVP. Uh, but it looks like the media just loves him that much, and they're obsessed with the triple double, and they're just obsessed with his character and his entertainment. And for all those reasons, he's gonna win it.
1: Yeah, I mean Russell Westbrook has uh, has had a very last. Uh, another thing, another thing is that Westbrook has had like a very sensational last like week and a half, two week stretch where um, you know. At, at at this time, at this time, this is what's gonna stick in voters' head the most. Uh, like you said, he by far has the strongest narrative. Um, I was actually I was actually listening to the drop today, and they were talking about it this morning. Um, that how how Harden just like for whatever reason just doesn't have that strong narrative, that strong fan support. Where like like all of Twitter has Russell Westbrook. They've had Russell Westbrook since the jump because of the triple double. But you know what? I agree with guys like Colin Cowher when it comes down to it. Two rebounds a game. Two rebounds less a game for Harden, but more efficient numbers. Give me Harden like any day. It's, it's a guard. It's not a center. Two, two rebounds don't mean squat to me. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right now if I had to predict who would win, I would predict Russell Westbrook because of everything we've just spoke on. The hot streak, the strong narrative. Um, you know, just ev- everything seems to be aligning, just his recent performances, like, everything seems to be aligning right for him, and Harden's actually kind of struggling recently, if you can even call it that, well, just not playing up.
2: Well, hurt, he, he hurt his wrist. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so, and so, yeah, but he's still, he's still scoring, you know, uh, last night he had 31, 10, and 7, yeah. so, I mean, you know, if that's struggling, sign me up for, <laughs> sign me up for that, but yeah, so, I'm, I'm. I'm still sticking with Harden, man. when it When it comes down to it, Harden's just a little bit more efficient. What is surprising me is just how drastically different they are in the clutch. And uh, I'm sure Noah, that's something you've heard about. Um, you've heard about for a while now, is just how the clutch has been overwhelmingly in favor of Westbrook, and uh, both defensively and offensively and actually Russell Westbrook has really closed the uh gap on the three point shooting percentage as Harden's kind of dipped as, a little bit as well and so now they're almost identical in three point in three point shooting percentages yeah. so um so I mean it seems like it seems like Russell Westbrook is just going to have the gaudier the gaudier he's going to have definitely the gaudier surface level numbers but I I think you have to um I think I think it comes down I think it comes down to the person. The person that digs the that the deeper you dig on the stats, I think I think when you dig on those deep stats, like all the efficiency stats and everything, I think you'll I think you slightly see the edge for Harden and, and that's where that's where I that's where I separate the two. But I mean on surface level, a lot of people, you know, story, narrative, everything, uh, it's just really interesting because I I really don't know. No, do you think the fan, or not the fan, sorry, but the the media who's voting, do you think that they have it in them to vote for a sixth seed?
2: That's a good question. I also think I want you to consider this. If you were to ask NBA general managers across the league, you're starting a team and you can draft anyone in the league right now to, to be your number one guy. The first pick undoubtedly would be LeBron. Number two, probably Kevin Durant or, or Steph Curry even, uh, then, you know, so we'll have – my point is you have LeBron, Durant, Curry, Harden, Leonard, all before Westbrook. I'm almost positive yeah. if you ask any general manager who you would start a team with right now. Westbrook's probably fifth, maybe even sixth. If, if you want to even go to, like, the Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns younger guys, or, or sorry, yeah. even the Greek Freak. Why does oh, that yes. not matter? Like if you're the MVP, most yeah. valuable player, he's like the eighth best guy in the league.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and that's a that's an interesting scenario because because when you think of like most valuable and everything, you think of let's let's put if you could put these on a, in a vacuum if, you know, Westbrook and Harden are on the same team, you know, it's something hard to analyze and something hard to really come up with a distinct answer. But who has the better, more efficient numbers? And I think it's Harden every day. If if they have the same team, um, you know, granted, Harden has a system that's very catered to him. Whereas Westbrook's is kind of catered to him, but not all the way, not entirely. And so, um, but I, I think, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think Westbrook elevates, uh, elevates the team as well as as well as Harden does. And Harden's just been the focal point for the offense all year. So I think that. I, I, I think I would I would have to go with Harden and like and like you said that's a very interesting point. Noah, that the eighth the eighth best player in the league as MVP. I don't know about that, and you know you can even argue. Yeah, you can even argue maybe maybe he's not top ten, but well, no, not top ten, but like maybe he's like ninth or tenth in the league.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a really uh, true reality, and it's just, it's gonna be interesting what the media decides. But as you said. Twitter and all that's pointing to uh, obsession over a triple double. It's stupid. You agree with me that it shouldn't yeah. be this way. Uh, so I think to wrap it up, we agree that Westbrook shouldn't win the MVP, but we also think he will. Um, and yeah. That.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, you know. Thank God Twitter doesn't have a vote because you know we've seen time and time again how bad Twitter is with voting. <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, so uh, I just want to close with one last last mention. Do you think that Kawhi or LeBron have any shot whatsoever at pulling it off? Because, I mean, Kawhi is is a very interesting pick to me.
2: So I don't think LeBron has any chance at all, even though I think he is the best player in the world. He's the one every GM would pick first. I mean, all that. He's the first player ever. Uh, to average 26-8-8 on 55% shooting. So if you're going to do the whole first-ever triple-double, why is LeBron less impressive? So I am giving you all these reasons for why I think he's so great, but the fact of the matter is the media just doesn't like LeBron James, and especially they do not like the fact – that he has sat out games and literally said the regular season does not matter the other day. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be out of your gourd if you really think that they're going to vote this guy, which is why I think he might even finish like fourth or fifth, Um, which isn't fair to him. But it's just the truth. They don't want to vote for a guy who who rests and complains. Uh, So I would say he has no shot. And as far as Kawhi goes, um, I just don't see it. Uh, I don't, I mean, you could argue that he's actually more deserving than Harden and Westbrook. But as far as how I predict these writers to vote, he's just not as captivating as Harden and Westbrook. His numbers don't pop out at you. Kawhi's never been a high volume scorer. Westbrook and Harden, they've both had games this year where they've scored like 50 points and it just pops out on the page. That's not Kawhi's cup of tea. Like he barely ever scores over 30. But he'll like always give you 22 or 24, which is you know is great and should be worth something. And he does it at a high percentage. And he has a team that also doesn't have a very great roster. Uh, with 60, they're going to win over 60 games, and I really think that should matter. But I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen, and I just cannot envision uh, him getting enough votes to actually win this thing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, as far as narrative, you can even argue that Kawhi has maybe the weakest of them all. Um, because he's just a guy who shows up, goes to work, um, and, and just plays basketball. So I'm I'm with you that I, I'm with you that LeBron to me LeBron and Kawhi are out and it is now Harden and rust, and I think it's been that way for about a week and a half to maybe even as far as two weeks now. Um, and so I think we agree. I think uh, both of us are picking Harden over Russ, but we both think that Russ is going to win. So uh, that's enough on the MVP talk. Uh, you, you know, you could go anywhere on any NBA podcast and get enough, uh, get enough MVP talk with how much they've talked about this year. It's been phenomenal. One of the best MVP races ever. Uh, all guys really deserve it, to be honest. But now let's move on to the playoffs. Let's talk some last minute playoffs. So Okay, so I had this hot take. So I want to start I want to start with this hot Actually, I'll save the hot take. So why don't we go why don't we go with this? So right now I'm going to run through the 8 seeds as of right now and the potential uh the potential teams on the outside looking in and then we'll just uh we'll just each trade a matchup in east in each conference that we're looking to see a realistic first round matchup that we're looking to see. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right. So We'll start with the East. Uh, Cleveland pretty much locked up the first seed uh, with the win over Boston. And um, so Cleveland 1, Boston 2, Toronto 3, Washington 4. That's going to be an interesting tiebreaker. See who gets the 3 and who gets the 4. Uh, I think that has very big implications because obviously that puts whoever gets the 3 outside of the Cleveland side of the bracket. Um, so that will be an interesting fight. So 5th so, uh, is Atlanta. 6th is Milwaukee, 7th is Chicago, 8th is Indiana, and ninth is Miami, just a half a game back. Uh, Miami, who was everybody's darling a few weeks ago, is now, is now once again outside of the playoffs. Milwaukee has stormed back very strong, so has Chicago behind Jimmy Butler's performance. And, um, and so again, looking realistically, the only team on the outside looking in is Miami that has a shot at making the playoffs at this point, uh, Detroit and Charlotte. Can both be um, be actually eliminated tonight? But uh, like we discussed before the pod, Detroit's kind of been eliminated for weeks with their with their effort. Uh, and then we'll go to the West real quick. So Golden State one, San Antonio two, Houston three, Utah and LA are four and five, and that's kind of a toss up. Uh, the The Jazz just have a half a game lead over the Clippers, but the Clippers, I believe, have the tiebreaker at this yep. moment. So. Yep so very very interesting i think it's very important that utah gets the home court in that in that series for them uh 6th is oklahoma 7th is memphis and 8th is portland and with kind of a long shot to to go is denver is the only team that can realistically jump back in the playoffs they are but they are all the way a game and a half out with uh with about 3 or sorry 4 games left so so um noah what do you uh, give me a matchup in either in either round, and it could be something that it could be something that's not set in stone right now, but just a potential first round matchup you'd love to see that's possible with the seeding.
2: So it doesn't have to be one versus eight. It could be anything.
1: Yeah, it can be anything.
2: Alright. Um I'm really looking forward to in the Eastern Conference watching the Milwaukee Bucks play whoever they'll play, and it's either gonna be uh, yeah. most likely Toronto or Washington. And as you know, I, I I live in the area. I've been to a handful of Bucks games this year. I'm looking forward to heading out to the playoffs this year. And I just think uh, the element of the Greek freak is going to be really interesting come playoff time. Yes. Because as you know, a lot of um, a lot of these series are decided by whoever has the best player on the court. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, as like sneakily become one of the best players in the league this season and in either of those series even with Lowry and John Wall uh he the Greek freak might be the best player on the court and the way he can just dominate uh the game is just quite interesting and as I said I think Toronto's actually really good this is the first time in a couple years Washington's been relevant so I think that's gonna probably be the most competitive first round series in the Eastern Conference if Milwaukee hangs on to the sixth seed um, or even moves up to the five and they get to play either a Washington or Toronto because you have the Greek freak on one side and then all starts on the other side. And I think that goes at least six or seven. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I agree uh, with Milwaukee. I think that whoever they play, honestly in the first round is going to be the most competitive, at least in the Eastern Conference side of the bracket. Um, very interested to see who they play they could play right now they could play toronto they could play washington um i think atlanta's out of the question but it's possible they could fall seven and play chicago they could. so to get to my hot take i was alluding to earlier i think milwaukee can even get boston around run for their money i mean with the greek freak uh in the playoffs i think you throw him on isaiah and i think boston could really really struggle man uh i just really think that boston would have a hard time beating them if isaiah is guard being guarded by a greek freak
2: Yeah, i'm with you and that's kind of what i was alluding to Giannis is really darn good
1: yeah i mean even without jabari like i said you just throw the greek freak on uh on isaiah thomas and you, uh, suddenly you're forcing marcus smart avery bradley jay crowder and al horford who struggled in the playoffs to beat you so you know i think i think that Milwaukee could potentially pull an all first round upset against Boston. Uh, I don't know about Toronto or Washington, but against Boston, I would be really curious. I think that's a matchup to watch. So why don't you tell me your thoughts on that, Noah?
2: Yeah, and Chris Middleton's back from Milwaukee now after injury. He's healthy, and I actually have been paying attention to that uh, Celtics-Bucks series in the regular season, and Greg Monroe, crazy enough, has just been torching Boston this season. Boston uh, cannot defend uh traditional big man. And Greg Monroe is now comfortable coming off the bench as a sixth man, and he will just annihilate that second unit. So that's another big red flag for the Celtics.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, so once again, Milwaukee is definitely the team. That's definitely the matchup, Milwaukee versus whoever. I give them a shot to beat Boston. Uh, like, and you're kind of with me on that you give you give uh you give them a shot to be Boston uh i i definitely think that i definitely think that it will be the most competitive because i think Atlanta's just Atlanta's just i think personally a mess right now so i don't i don't trust them to put up that competitive of a fight against Washington or Toronto whoever they face so that will be very interesting the only other team i think that could that could realistically is uh give any team a run for their money is Miami if they played anyone outside of Cleveland. I think they could actually. I I just really like the way Miami plays. Um, I think I think that with their hard nose style that they could uh that they could actually make it a make it a not an easy first round series for whoever they play. And um, once a once again Milwaukee the matchup to watch though uh let's jump to the West now and. I'll start with, I'll start with my prediction in the West, and I think it's I think it's a pretty easy one. But my first round matchup I wait for is the battle of the two MVPs, Houston versus Oklahoma City. It's what I've wanted all year. They have such a strong contrast in styles. They obviously have two very strong uh, players in James Harden, Russell yeah. Westbrook, former teammates actually. So there's just a lot of intriguing storyline and drama to it. Uh, I think. I think I think Houston versus Oklahoma City is gonna be the most competitive, and you know maybe maybe Utah and Clippers that'll be that'll be a good series as well. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Houston versus Oklahoma City.
2: I'm looking forward to that as well, and I don't want to be boring and just say I agree. So I'll turn it on <laughs> you. I'm really excited for Jazz Clippers. Uh, yeah. For I mean, you can think of so many reasons to love this matchup. The Jazz as many NBA fans know, have dealt with injuries this season and probably should have more wins. Basically what I'm trying to say is they're better than their record because they had to deal with yeah. a lot of injuries. So they could actually be a legitimate really like big threat. And as we know with the Clippers, so much turmoil, so much animosity in the organization right now. But at the end of the day, they have Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, you know Crawford, that whole core – that has been there before, and they're gonna like they might have that on and off switch that we're talking about Cleveland with, and they might turn a switch on. And I mean, there's just so many fascinating things about this. Utah's a terrific defensive team. You going to see Chris Paul try and get over the hump in a playoff series and make a run. And if if the Clippers lose, I mean, all of the questions in the world will be asked this off season about where they go from. <laughs>
1: Everything's open. Everything's open if the Clippers lose. I agree that one i will say has the most stakes because i think oklahoma and houston as they are I, I don't think either one while houston losing would be a huge disappointment for uh before the houston front office i think at the same time they're both kind of um set as far as as far as their um their plan and their blueprint to build towards the future so the clippers definitely have the most uh pressure in the first round and uh, utah again is a young team I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too. I wouldn't be too worried about them because, like you said, they they are much better than their records. So I think, I think Utah can give the Clippers a run for their money. I think that could be a very interesting series. I think that's more of a uh, a basketball nerd series, be, just because of the the de- the level of defensive intensity that Utah brings. I think Utah's not the, the not the most entertaining team to watch, but I, I will say it's going to be very fun to watch a Utah crowd a, a Utah playoff yeah. crowd.
2: Yeah, and one more thing I want to add is I think Houston-LGC will be competitive, but at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if Houston actually wins this 4-0 or 4-1. Hear me out. It wouldn't be because of Russell Westbrook's poor play, but, I mean, you have to think Houston scores so many points per game. I mean, they average over 115 points per game, and they're going to be hitting that in the playoffs. So you have to imagine – that OKC is going to have to score at least 115 points if they're going to win a game in this series. You can, in a dream scenario, Westbrook averages 40 points per game in this series, and that's that, <laughs> to me, is the, the best he could do.
0: Right, where is obviously. The,
2: wh- where is the other 75 points coming from? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> right. just lay that out. Like, Oladipo, McDermott, like at just at the end of the day I just don't see how they get to 115 so I really wouldn't be shocked if Houston runs away with this
1: yeah and I will say though with the playoffs slowing down Houston's Houston's I think the the team I'm going to pay the most attention to when it comes to playoffs because I'm not they're, they're they're okay yes they're kind of following the Warriors blueprint but they're honestly taking the Warriors blueprint to the extreme where the Warriors actually built a strong defense as well Houston's saying no we're going in for the best offense ever in NBA history like that's what we're trying to do that's what we're trying to build and we're just gonna try and be average on defense and um so I'm very curious to see how that style of play plays out in the playoffs when it slows down uh not that houston's a heavy transition team i wouldn't say that by any means but at the same time when when things slow down oklahoma does have that physic that physical strength and size advantage over over houston but i'll tell you what houston's defense has been impressive all year and if they can if they could just not be the worst defensive team in the playoffs then i think they'll i think they'll get out of the first round I would say I would say that I think I think it has the potential to go to go I would say no more than six. I think Russell Westbrook alone can get you two Herculean games just somehow. And yeah. with Houston, you know, it, it's it although they're such a great offense, you know, there's just gonna be a night or two they don't click. So I would say Oklahoma gets no more than two games, but I just think that those games are gonna be fascinating. But you're right. I mean these this could be a blowout series despite everything we think. And wouldn't that be funny as if we were talking about this before the pod, but we don't know how the MVP voting is gonna shake out. But wouldn't it be interesting if they had to submit their uh their votes before the before the uh started and then all of a sudden Houston smacks uh smacks Oklahoma and beats them in four or five in the first round. That would just be yeah. and then and then, then a week later it's announced that Russ is MVP. Like that would that would be very interesting to me. So, um, I I agree. I agree with your take. Um, I actually I actually was surprised that you went there because I I know you were high on Oklahoma City coming into the year. So I was. Uh, I'm into actually the surprised. Year,
2: but uh, Adams has been so disappointing. Uh, I thought he'd be much much better. Uh, and same with Oladipo. I th- I basically the, yeah. what it came down to is I thought these guys. Would, I thought everyone but Russell Westbrook was going to be a lot better than they ended up being.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough.
2: The one thing I want to add, though, this isn't going to be like a fun series to watch necessarily, and it's probably going to be the annual NBA TV series, but I actually see upset potential in this Spurs-Grizzlies. I see an upset potential. I wouldn't bet on it, but as I made wow. it out, as you know, I'm not super high on the Spurs because I just don't think that roster is awfully talented. You have one true all-star. You need more than that in the playoffs. The Grizzlies. This is not going to be the same series as last year. The Grizzlies are healthy now. That's a good team with Conley, Gasol, and um, and you know, and Zach Randolph off the bench now. And look, I'm not putting my money on it, but we've seen these weird San Antonio years where they're really successful in the regular season and just lose early in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think there's a potential there, like. To, to, for me, I, I just don't know if I'm penciling in the Spurs yet to go to the second round. I actually really like this Grizzlies team.
1: Hmm. Okay. That's, that's very interesting. I'll say, I would say you're crazy, other than the fact that it already happened. Memphis has already beaten Houston in the first, or sorry, San Antonio in the first round as an upset. I think that was going on 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um,. Yeah, so uh that famous first round series where Memphis upset San Antonio and I believe it was a 2-7. Um if I if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. it was either it was either a 2-7 or a 3-6, one of those two. And yeah, I I see what you're saying, but I just think the Spurs are the Spurs and I think the Spurs are going to win that series. I just I don't know, something about Memphis like like with all the concerns of San Antonio's lack of athleticism and stuff you could raise those same questions for Memphis and you could also like you said you could also say on paper that Mike Conley was damn near an all-star caliber player this year and uh Marcus is obviously Marcus Souls lack. Randolph's still been playing nice like you could definitely make the argument that that it, it was... can be competitive but I don't think I don't think San Antonio's losing
2: I just want to quickly make sure we have the right facts in front of us. When the Grizzlies upset the Spurs that year, it was 2010-2011 season, uh, the Spurs were the one seed. They were the one seed and lost to the eight-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in a six-game series. Uh, And I know it was a while ago, but I kind of remember now. uh, That was the year the Mavericks went on to win the title. Um, Many, many people were saying at that moment, like, it's over, the Spurs got to blow up their roster, they can't win with these guys, they're too old, and then we know what ended up happening. They, you know, get yeah. two more titles after that with that core. Of course, Kawhi Leonard comes along too, that helped. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, just right. think it's interesting. Uh, everything's in the air. They play the games for a reason, and I just think uh, the Spurs losing in the first round is much, much more likely uh, than the Warriors or Cavs, let me put it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, of the contenders, I I think of the like top four, of the top four teams, I think San Antonio you could argue is the likeliest to lose in the first round. So that's a very interesting point, Noah. Um, one more thing I want to mention, and it's not something I'm like, it's something I'm rooting for to be honest. It's not like, and, and Portland fans are gonna hate me, but I really hope Denver gets the AC because I just want to see Jokic in the playoffs. Like I I just really. I just really want to see Jokic play against Golden State. That would just be so fun to me. Even though it'd be swept uh it'd be a sweep. But I you Denver's just so intriguing to me. Aren't they intriguing to you?
2: In what sense though? Like, yes, Jokic is awesome, but literally like there's virtually no chance, zero, that Denver could win that series.
1: Yeah, but I mean I, I really like Jokic. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, like,
2: and like, th- like I love Jokic and I want to see him play a playoff series. But at least with Portland, you kind of have that element of they played the Warriors before in the playoffs. They can put up, they have the, you know, they have a nice backcourt, and the Warriors traditionally struggle with dynamic point guards. Um, and maybe they win a game or two. You know, I don't, I wouldn't put my money on it, but there's a chance. Like with Denver, I literally think like there's no chance they win a game.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I just think it'd be entertaining. i oh, love I'm, to see them. Yeah,
2: I'm rooting for Denver, um, but if you look at the schedule, Portland already has the lead. They play Utah Saturday night. That matters, so they could lose that. But then they play the Spurs Monday, who are already locked in in their seed, so they'll likely rest and lose that game, the Spurs. And then they end with the Pelicans at home. It's not looking good yeah. for the Nuggets.
1: Very fair very fair um i'm just like i'm i'm very excited we get to see greek freak uh honestly in the playoffs again i i love to see young players in their first playoff <coughs> series i i loved i loved when anthony davis played the warriors that one year and so um yeah it's just it's just a very interesting subplot storyline that i'm rooting for but all right noah i think that's going to wrap it up man thank you once again for coming on the podcast uh, it was great to talk some playoff hoops uh it's great to give the fans some content after after a couple of weeks of a dry spell here, but uh, I'm glad to have you back because this is actually the first time we've done a podcast in a long time.
2: Yeah, it was great. It was a great time, and I'm looking forward to doing several more in the playoffs. And honestly, it's, we we've called it um, that we really think it's going to be Warriors, Cavs. Um, and I want that to be the finals, but I also really want them to be pushed, like pushed to the limit. I'm hoping for seven game series. Um, and look, if, if a team impresses me a lot in the playoffs, then I might change my mind and say that I want them over Cleveland or Golden State, but it's going to take a lot for me to say that because at the end of the day, I want the two best teams playing for the Larry O'Brien trophy in June. Uh, so you know Toronto has a lot to do with this playoffs or Houston for that matter to make that jump and for me to really believe that if they get there, that, they, that I'm seeing one of the two best teams in the finals.
1: Yeah. I I agree with you. Um I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Cleveland Golden State. Uh we've also never seen three teams uh or two teams meet three times in a row in the playoffs in yeah. the finals so that's very that's very very interesting dynamic. Uh it's a nice trilogy plus it's 1-1. One, one. You got to have the tiebreaker. You know, anyone who's ever played sports in their life, you don't quit on a one to one.
2: No, absolutely not. The one thing I'd say, though, is I have friends that are Cleveland fans and some relatives from there. They're not counting that first one as even a fair match. I mean, if you look at what the the matters were, LeBron uh, and Della Vadova. Was the second best guy versus that Warriors team, but on the flip side, Golden State fans don't think they had a fair matchup last year with Draymond getting suspended and Andrew Bogut getting hurt. So you know,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Noah. Thank you for coming by. Go ahead and plug yourself, um, because I actually haven't stayed up on your podcast as much as I like to. Um, have you have you put out anything recently? Uh, not
2: too much podcast. I've been doing a lot of live radio shows. Uh, but certainly after the school year, I think I'm gonna do uh, a bit of rebranding uh, once I get over a lot of stuff, uh, and and I'm gonna probably I might even start a podcast feed over and make it a little more uh, advertise it a little more first. Uh, you know, take <laughs> some lessons from you because uh, you've done a great job promoting your stuff uh, and really thank uh, you man. Uh, I hope to build from there. But for now, uh, it looks like as far as podcasts go, uh, for this you know, spring, I'll probably just be a guest here and there on your show. Uh, so hopefully I'm back in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so stay tuned to at Noah Lofman, right? Yeah. Yep, stay tuned to at Noah Loffman on Twitter. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter. And actually, fun fact, this is the first podcast I've recorded since changing my name. It is no longer the iconic Crispy1132. It is now at Real Platy. Uh, Platy is spelled P-L-A-T-T-E and that's how you find me on Twitter and on my Twitter I have a link to both my Podbean and iTunes for my hip-hop and NBA podcast. I want to get back in the groove for the last couple weeks. I've kind of been dropping them sporadically. I've been dropping content but it's been sporadic but I usually try to do one uh, one of each a week. One NBA one strictly hip-hop and then kind of bounce back and forth uh, and maybe throw in some extra ones when I can. I'm actually gonna to try to make it up to you guys and, and get another podcast out this weekend with another guest just to give you guys some extra NBA content after after not providing some for, for the last two weeks. So again, stay tuned to my Twitter or you can Google Chris Platy. Again, Platy is spelled P-L-A-T-T-E. And through there you can find a link to the first four links that come up are my Facebook, my my uh, Twitter, my iTunes, and my Podbean. So overall, uh, you can find you can find everything, uh, you can find everything in one stop. And I got some big, some very very big announcements, some life changing announcements for the podcast coming very soon. I'm very excited to announce it, but um, can't yet announce it. It's not official yet, but when it does, you, the fans will be the first to know. So coming soon. And one last thing, please leave a review. I am, uh, I am. Shouting out all the people who do reviews soon on a podcast on an a soon upcoming podcast. So please get your reviews as soon as possible, and you will get uh if j- and th- these are the reviews for iTunes by the way. And if you review on iTunes, you will get a shout out in a podcast. So please do that. It's what helps me get noticed by companies, by sponsorships, all all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it really opens the door and helps a lot. It helps a great great deal. So. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platy And once again, his returning guest, Noah Laughman. Noah, thank you for joining me, man. Do you need new clothes? If you're like me, then you certainly do. And Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get these clothes. They got everything from hats and beanies to T-shirts and long sleeves to hoodies and more clothing coming soon. My listeners get a special 10% off using the promo code Platy. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. Don't forget the P is capital. The link is in the description of the podcast. Shop Anti Forever USA today.